The small Welsh harbour town of Cardigan used to make 35,000 pairs of jeans a week. Then, in 2001, the factory closed down when manufacturing was moved to Morocco. Ten years later, enter local hero, ex-admin David Hyatt, who set up the Hyatt Denim Company to revive jean-making skills passed down through generations and to breathe new life into this once vibrant town. This is my town, and uh, part of its identity was that it was a maker. And I felt that was too important to lose. And because it had that skill, which was making, and I had another skill, which was marketing, I just thought those two things coming together, and with the, the sort of rise and rise of the internet, I just thought that that was too good an opportunity to lose. Hyatt jeans are handmade jeans from start to finish through 75 traditional steps, perfected by the older workers who David hired back and taught to the younger apprentices integral to the Hyatt philosophy. Quality is really important to us. We can make one of the best jeans on the planet and we use the best materials and the best craftsmanship and we have like 200 years worth of experience of making jeans amongst the 12 of us. So like we're in the elite makers in the world. They follow the process through because they, it's their gene. In the other factory, they didn't have that relationship with the product, but it's their genes, and they sign them Tracy or Jean or Ellen or Amanda, and it gives them pride. So they've never been prouder about the product that they make, and that kind of, for me, is pretty cool. Along with his wife, Claire, David has created a culture as much as a company, turning conventional business practices inside out. Growing what is now a cult international denim brand has come not from a rich marketing budget, but alternative ways of communicating to their customers in an oversaturated and highly competitive jeans market. Nobody goes to bed at night and dreams about quality. We kind of go to bed at night and dream about ideas that change things or people we'd like to meet or um, fall in love with different people. But we don't actually go to bed and think about stitch count as much as it's important to me. We have to give people reasons to get their attention. The first story for us is our town is making jeans. So there's an emotional story for one. The other thing is actually we're not going to rest on that because there is no great brand that's been built on sentiment alone. And I feel that our role, if we're going to go and get all those 380 other people their jobs back, is we have to have some ideas too. And if we want to attract ideas people, the best way to attract them is to have ideas. A couple of hours away across mountain and dale, we meet our next entrepreneur. Surrounded by heather and grazing sheep sits Canadian journalist Nancy Durham's Lavender Farm. The alchemy of curiosity and timing prompted Nancy to apply for a grant offered up by a rural Welsh development agency keen on much-needed diversification of the land. The word on the street was that there was money going to help farmers diversify, but they weren't taking the money. And I thought, well, you know, first of all, I, I was a full-time journalist, uh, not a farmer, and I wouldn't have even called myself a gardener, but I like a challenge. And indeed, I discovered that there would be lavenders that should grow on this hill. And I applied for uh, the grant. I got a thousand pounds, which was almost enough to plant our first small field. And it was, an, it was that having that money 
handed to me made me very responsible. I chose several varieties of lavender just to be in the spirit of an experiment. Two varieties that were decorative, two that produced oil. As it would turn out, that would be a very lucky thing. And so I was beginning to embrace something, but I didn't have a business plan. It turned out you know, everybody loved to come and actually see lavender oil being distilled right here in Wales. So I think somehow that became very important to the brand and to what we're doing. So somehow there's a, there's a holistic thing going on here that's about the lavender, about distilling, and about a way of life in these hills. One field morphed into three, and now over 10,000 plants provide scented oil for creams, balms, scrubs, and locally made chocolates and jams. Product development is based on intuition and research, much of it gleaned from face-to-face -face conversations on the shop floor. Now I'm like a sociologist watching the social shopping animal when he or she comes into my shop. I'm just delighted to see what they do. And you know, it's true, people need to touch everything. They want to touch it, handle it, smell it. And the internet can never bring that to us. So if you can make a shop, even the most modest little shop like ours, into an attractive, welcoming place, well, you're doing something that can't be done any other way. The provenance of this homegrown lavender from Wales resonates well beyond country borders. Now, 12 years on, farmers' products are stocked in fashionable boutiques around the world, and Nancy collaborates with international brands such as Ace Hotels, who stock her lotions and potions in their beauty mini-bars. I love being an entrepreneur. In fact, I'm thrilled to say I'm an entrepreneur. As much as I'm thrilled to say I'm a farmer, I, who knew that I, all of a sudden after my exciting journalistic career, that this, I would put my heart and soul into this, never complain about the hours, and the learning curve just gets steeper. In a way, some things get easier, but it also gets harder, and it's very thrilling to see our sales go up and our ability to develop new ideas and new products increases. It's a thrill. In Wales, for Monocle, I'm Gillian DeBias.